Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the bit where we test the levels. I've got uh, something in my eye. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to remove it? I can't. I don't know. I can't. Oh, blimey. Not good. Are you sure it's something in your eye and not just tiredness? No. You know, sometimes your eyes flicker a bit when no, no, you're tired. And I think it's an eyelash or something. I can feel it. Yeah. This is quality content, this, isn't it? If it's I've not really heard quality it. content, <laughs> are, you, are you all right now? Um, as long as you can see. because you, you, know, you No, know. I can see. Good, okay. Did well, you see that I've got Love Island news for you, Dad? Oh, good, we'll save it. No, but it's related to eyes. Oh, right, go on then. Um, Thea, who was in, not last year, but the year before, um, who is now dating Kaz, who was in it the same year, but they didn't get together in the show, they got together afterwards. Right. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, he has gone blind in one eye oh. because of a champagne cork. Someone popped a champagne cork at a party or something. It flew across the room and hit him in the eye and like split his eye or whatever. And they've not been able to salvage it. So he's blind in one eye now. Really? It's really actually really really sad. It is really sad, and that's a real that affects you when you're driving because you've got no. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure you can drive if you've if, if you're, you're blind, blind in one, one eye. eye. Well, I was going to start with something amusing, but that's, that's not... It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, funny in, like, a morbid way. Yes, it's funny in that it was a champagne cork. Yeah. It's one... It's a sort of uh, injury that you would have to be of a certain class to suffer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's what you call... I suppose it's... Uh, in a way, if it weren't so sad and you hadn't gone blind in one eye, it would be a hashtag first world problem, you know, hmm. um, champagne cork injuries. I do have a joke or two. I wonder how many people die per year from champagne cork injuries. Do you, you know, know I like think there's more... quite a few. I'm sure I've seen that in statistics. Yeah, because you know, like, more people are killed by vending machines than by shark attacks or something each mm. year. I bet that's, like, one of those. It probably is one of those. Well, here's, here's a, a, a joke as we're testing the levels. Uh, it's one of uh, Tim Vine's jokes, Ruth. I, th- I don't think they went down that well last time. We'll try this one. Is he like wordplay and stuff? Yes, he's a one-liner merchant. He yeah. does hundreds and hundreds of one-liners. Very clever. Uh, I went to buy a watch, and the man in the shop said, analogue? And I said, no, just a watch. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I was in this restaurant, and I asked for something Herbie. They gave me a Volkswagen with no driver. Mm. So there that's, That wasn't as good. You're, I would say, at the moment, winding down still from uh, Leeds Fest. Yeah, because uh, I've we... only really had one... Because I didn't get back until kind of later on the Monday because of traffic and all that mm, kind of stuff. It was af- afternoon on Monday. Yeah, afternoon on Monday. And then it was only Tuesday yesterday. 
So I've just had one day to recuperate. About one and a half days. One day. Yeah, one and a half days. And you've been, what was the word they used in Seinfeld that time? You've decomposing. Been, you've been decomposing. For Heck, it's like, few... I'm decomposing. You're decomposing for sure. And uh, amongst the things that fail, we'll talk about the act. I've lost my voice as well. That's why I sound... Yeah, I, I think I sound better than I usually do, actually. Mm. I sound more... Um, husky. Husky, yeah, yeah, whereas usually I'm like... Really high. Mm, it's high true. Pitched. It's a touch of the Amy Winehouse. I think it sounds better now, yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, we'll talk about the acts that played at the festival a little bit later. But obviously the big story, and the thing that worried parents coming out of the festival, was while you were there, headlines, a girl, 17-year-old girl, died through a drug overdose. And you sort of, by connection... I, I like, knew someone who knew someone who knew her but I don't no, I kind she of wasn't a friend not of she's not a friend the girl no. who knew her is no. not really a friend of mine but she's a good friend of one of my good friends yeah and it was a talk, like, of, the, talk yeah. of the festival yeah yeah right? people did talk about but I think there's been more than just that one death there's been about three deaths from drug overdose over the weekend are you sure because there's only one appeared but, in the papers well, only one been on tv even on I, yeah but maybe I'm not sure they're all at Leeds Fest I think some of them might have just been other places there was a drug death elsewhere over the weekend yeah. definitely so Tell me what all teenagers, for people who weren't following the story of Leeds Fest, tell me what happened there. So she was a 17-year-old girl from Oldham in Manchester and um, she took, I think it was three pills and she was also on some other stuff. What what pills? Like just pills. Um, pill, that's the like pr- ecstasy I think, party drugs? Well, the, I think the problem is that you don't know what's in pills. They're usually no. like a mix of but a lot would of have different been so- things. Yes, but they would have been sold to her as... Whatever it was, XD or whatever people. No, take no they just they just sold as pills. Really? Yeah. So people don't know what they could be junior aspirins. Well, no, people don't. But often that's one of the things is a lot of people. So she'll have taken these three pills and she was like, they didn't hit her. She didn't like ever come up, and so um, she'll have pro- might have even thought, oh, they might have just been duds because that's what some people will do is they'll make them look like actual pills because yeah, often they've got like a symbol person, like yeah, smiley face, face or a Superman yeah. sign or. One the there was one that I uh, that you had to stay well away from that they put up on the the big screens at Leeds Fest that was an Uber Eats one, so she might have even thought they were not like they were duds, and then she went down to one of the um, like party stage things in at Leeds Fest and bought another one, then took that and then she was on her own I think I'm not sure whether she's in a tent or not, but she was on her own and then she just overdosed I think and had like a seizure or something, it's really really like awful like sad. And were you, I mean, you were with people who were taking drugs. Yeah, but like, I think kind of everyone, well, not everyone does, there's a lot of people who don't, but it's quite normal, especially at a festival, and even people who would never take drugs usually at a festival, they but do. I can't believe they it's don't the know pill, what they're taking. It's the pill thing taking. that's really bad, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I can't believe people don't know. I mean, they're, they're paying, and it's what, I think you told me £30 for... Um, oh, no, £30 for like a gram of MD. A gram of MD, and what do we call uh, MD? MDMA, which is... MDMA? I think, I think MDMA is just ecstasy. ecstasy. Right, so that's a party drug. And it's a gram, and what do you do with this gram? Do you sniff it? Or? I'm going into like an in-depth discussion, not of like the morality of drugs, but just of... Well, I'm, I'm just interested. We yeah, can yeah, move on to that yeah. in a second. But I just want to know... You, like, you, I can't do, believe... you do it off like a key. That's what you people do with cat and MD. On right. a key. So just a house key, like a yellow key? Yeah, yeah, key. so you do like a, a And then key what, you sniff it or...? Yes, usually, yeah. Yeah, and do you heat Some it Some people up? put it in water. 
right. Do you heat it up underneath? Is it a powder? No, yeah, a powder, not like right. a, not like a. So drink. people ran at the festival were selling a gram of this powder, which presumably they had in a sort of little wrap, a little polythene, like wrap, a little, little bag, a baggy, little, little bag, right? They called a baggy. Right, so send a little baggie of the powder for £30 for a gram. Yeah. Right? And uh, I, I feel like the police are going to, like... No, no, you, you'd be fine. You're just telling me for You weren't taking drugs. You, no. You've, you've told me, and I believe you, because you're an honest girl, but you, you weren't taking drugs. No. No, well, that's fine. Let's discuss... Uh, but a lot of people were, and you just said it was, like, almost normal at a festival that people yeah. would go and take drugs. But I think drugs. it kind of always has been at festivals, hasn't it? Well, it's it's a fairly new scene, I think. Uh, I think drugs I say are new, definitely I'm stronger than within, they used to be. I'm saying within the last 25 years, it's probably... Really? Yeah. Not, not even, so. But I thought in the 60s, everyone was on something. No, in the well, 60s... Like psychedelics and stuff? Yeah, there's some people did. I never took uh, LSD or any of that. Um, See, no one really... I don't think... People take, like, shrooms, but I don't think anyone really takes yeah. LSD. I've, I've done magic mushrooms years and years and years ago. That's obviously psychoactive, and can, that can mess with you a lot, yeah. actually. But I, th- I think the most common drug at festivals in the 60s, as I recall, was just weed. What I'm most interested in is that people are taking pills and they don't know what's in them. You yeah. Know, they don't even sold as what... You know, I know people I have had cocaine... No, I know people have had cocaine and it's been cut with something else. That's that's common. But what I'm saying is... if you, But they buy it as cocaine. What surprises me is that people are buying pills without knowing what they well, are. Well, I mean, I don't think... They do. I like. I don't really know because I've never bought a pill. No. But so I wouldn't know how. Like I don't think people do know what's in them. I think. And who's? And then, but then also there should be like. The problem is that it's that some festivals there has been like drug testing tents where if you want to do the pills or whatever, you can go and take them to the tent and find out what's in them to make sure there's nothing dangerous in them, and then they just give you them back, which is like a brilliant thing because. It's key, like it would mm-hmm. keep people really safe, but also there should be like more conversation about how to safely do it. So, like one of the things is when it's re- like really hot like that and you don't know what's in stuff, you should only have half of one, then see how you are, and then have another half or whatever, and, like drop half of the pill. But no one talks about it, and because it's illegal, and because people feel like they're in danger if they admit to having, having mm-hmm. done something, that's why you have these deaths because you the people feel too nervous to seek help i want to know what, what the economics of it you know compared to uh, alcohol and everything i don't i don't know exactly how much everything costs and it also depends on where you're getting it from and if you're buying it in the festival it's a lot more expensive than if you buy it outside of it but obviously if you buy it outside you're risking so it works getting the, taken off you yes it works the same oh were they examining it as you came in yeah yeah as you come in there was well there were sniffer dogs but I'm, a lot of people were saying they weren't even sure whether they actually were sniffer dogs or if they were just dogs that were you know like um yeah they were like there a, to, to sort of to, frighten you yeah to frighten bit. you yeah. and then they could base people's reactions off it i don't know whether they yeah. were actually sniffer dogs but, so people presumably people did get stuff taken off them yeah yeah people did get stuff taken. and the girl that died as you say she bought three pills and then took another pill because she yeah. thought the other three hadn't worked uh, without knowing what what was in them no and you especially wouldn't know what was in them if you're buying one from like just someone random at the festival like a lot of people were saying afterwards just buy stuff from people you know but the official advice was that the official advice is always don't do drugs don't do drugs but again it's just not not realistic no 
And people have been less than sympathetic, I gather, from what you're yeah. saying yesterday. And I mean, that's pretty shocking, isn't it? A lot of people, and people sort of who... On social media. Yeah, on Tell social me media. stuff that's gone on social media. There were, a lot of people were saying, you know, like, serves a right for being such a smackhead, and, which is just awful, because obviously she didn't take them knowing what was going to happen to her, and she wouldn't have done if she had of. And it's just terrible that yeah. some people would say that. So everybody's on something. Not everyone is. Like, a lot of people just go and drink and, like, Well, that's smirk. what I'm saying, alcohol. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every, nobody's... No- nobody, do, nobody really does a festival without completely sober uh, mainly just because i think you'd be too tired as mm. well like it'd be hard to keep going yeah well i mean as as parents what um we first of all worry about is that you're eating enough and sleeping enough but we know that's not, probably not going to happen and then of course you see the news of somebody dying at the festival and then you worry about um what you worry about is that your peer group might put that pressure on you no one, and you might like, feel like no a bit one... of a pussy if you're not taking drugs I think you could do a little bit, but it's also um, do you not feel no like one wants to share anything. How do you mean no one wants to share anything? It's expensive. Why would mm. you want to... So people are just taking drugs on, their, they're buying them just for their own use? Unless you're dealing, then mm. you're just buying for personal use. Mm. But I think one, what, what a lot of people were saying that is one of the problems is that if you buy them outside the festival, it's usually a lot safer because you're more likely to know what's in them and it's more likely to be sort of from buying from someone you know someone or someone you like regularly buy from or whatever but then and then they take them off you the, the stuff that's just for personal use they'll take all that off you and they never find people who are dealing really because they're mm. much better at hiding things and so, and so then the and then what they're doing because well, the, so they're taking the wrong people. yeah yeah they're taking the people who are just having got stuff for personal use but they're not finding the people when often when people die or when people have these really awful trips yeah. or whatever it's because they bought them from a random person in the festival so what you're doing is you're taking someone who otherwise might have been safe because they're just using their stuff and then sending them to someone else you know if you if that's what you want to do then you'll find someone else to buy from it's interesting that the drug rule follows almost the same as the fast food rule you know like a a hot dog will cost you two pound fifty if you buy it outside on the street but it will cost you five quid if you buy it in the festival and it seems to be the same Mm. same rule with drugs it's more expensive if you well it's just supply and demand i guess as well isn't it I don't think we spoke about this before. There was a, a thing I saw, uh, a woman who works for the Sunday Times who was asked to give a speech. Because she's got this job at the Sunday Times, she was asked to give an inspirational uh, speech to some girls, to, to girls, girls about your age. And uh, she put on Twitter, I'm giving an inspirational speech to these uh, teenage girls. I don't know what the hell to, uh, to say to them. Have you got any advice? And she said, bizarrely, uh, eyebrow management was uh, <laughs> was a major point of all the tweets she got. She got like about a thousand tweets on this. Yeah. And she says, eyebrow management was one unexpected theme. Quotes, don't dick about with your eyebrows, said one. It's really true, actually, because I have older sisters and who really like plucked away all their eyebrows because um, that was like the fashion back when they were growing up a bit more. And so I've never touched mine or anything. Good. And now they're always jealous of my eyebrows because they, like, are much thicker. So that's good advice. So it really is good advice. Mm. Uh, Cara Delevingne, the model, her mum said, don't touch your eyebrows, they're your best feature. 
well, there you go. And there was another tweet she got. Um, it was it was actually the first two words were in uppercase. It said, "Do not overpluck your eyebrows." Yeah. Somebody else suggested dyeing uh, your hair a ridiculous colour because hair grows and you're only young once. One strikingly attractive woman made an unexpected observation. Having a big nose is not the end of the world. (laughs) That was her advice on Twitter. Another advice... Now, this is an interesting one. Another advised, don't be the best friend of a more beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure all your friends are worse looking than you. Uh, marry a hedge funder was another one. <laughs> yeah, I think, to be honest, I think the advice marry rich is under given. Yes, except in Jane Austen. We, we've yes, been true, watching yeah. Sanditon. Oh, it's that's... really good. We've mm. only watched it. There's only been one episode, hasn't there? Mm. So we've still got time to catch up. Yes, and that is all about really good, marrying though. well. Mm-hmm. As most of Jane Austen is, isn't it? About marrying into money. Um, but anyway, it says, Marry a hedge funder didn't seem exactly the inspirational mantra that a bunch of bright, capable girls needed to hear. The television presenter, Kirsty Alsop, she got uh, a tweet from her. Kirsty Alsop said, It's okay to want kids more than anything else. It's okay to think caring for your kids is a career. Yeah, that's. I think that's quite good advice, though, because sometimes it can feel like unfeminist to want to get married and to want to have kids and stuff. So I think that is quite good advice. Let's talk now about uh, some of the acts. We're going to play uh, our music oh. choices shortly, but let's talk about some of the acts that were on at Leeds Fest. Uh, very good reviews in the same acts that were on at Reading uh, Fest. Very they always re- review Reading. Well, they review Reading because there's the same people. Yeah, but it's Leeds, not fair. <laughs> But I presume they should review Leeds. I presume the people who were reviewed well at Reading, people like Billie Eilish, were brilliant at Leeds yeah. as well. Tell, tell me about the acts who was good, who was bad. Foo Fighters, a bit boring? For me, yeah. I, I thought they were really bad. Although they did have this guy um, dressed as, he must have been absolutely like tripping or whatever because he, he just looked mental. But they got this guy up on stage and he was dressed as Freddie Mercury and then they just sang. I think they did they sing a Queen song. I think they did, and that was by far the most entertaining bit. But I'm always underwhelmed by old men with guitars. Just doesn't appeal to me at all. But yeah, I was really impressed with the 1975. Even though Matty Healy is maybe the most pretentious I've ever seen, but really good. Um, Why is he pretentious? Oh, I can't even put into words. Yes, you can. Come on. So he's like. He just went, it was a, he kissed this guy in Dubai, you know. Did you see the stories? No. I won't go into that then, it's too too complicated. So he did this whole bit about, like, I'm so lucky to be here and all that kind of stuff, and it was just a lot. And then he talked about, like, picking oh, things up. because he was worried he would get arrested in Dubai, is that the sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the authorities did, and it, he, it was a question of maybe this guy will get arrested or whatever. And then he was like, a government loves to, you know, try and control our genitals and all that kind of stuff. And so that was, like, fine. And then he also went, he said a lot about, um, uh, let's pick stuff up off the floor for the environment and blah, blah, blah. And, Maybe you guys don't think it'll make a difference, but I have hope. And like, oh, he's just such a—he's such a wicked dad. Honestly, you would agree. But very talented, mm. actually. I don't think we can use that word. Oh, can we not? No. Um, he's such a dweeb. He's very talented and stuff, and I really like their songs and things. So they were very good. Uh, Billie Eilish was great. Enjoyed her a lot, and then I really liked Slow Ties set. 
so that I were great. Went to see Let's Eat Grandma, who were only in this the small alternative stage set, and there wasn't really that many people there, but absolutely loved it because I always think those two are great. And Dave was really good. Before we go into the music choices this week, Ruth, uh, should we shame the Obamas? Oh, okay. I don't, I don't really want to. I like Obama. Well, let's shame the Obamas. Now, uh, there's a TV series called Grand Designs, which you've no mm. doubt seen. I've seen you watch it. You like yes. it, don't you, Grand Designs? Your mum watches it all the time. Um, it's given uh, homeowners many ideas in 20 years, from bifold doors to underfloor heating. But the programme's presenter... Kevin MacLeod, uh, would like to consign one trend to history, the multi-bathroom home. Uh, he said bathrooms are extremely wasteful in terms of resource, yet people are putting more in their homes than there are actual occupants, he said. Four people live in the house and put in six toilets. I don't understand that. The average number of bathrooms in a four-bedroom home is 2.8, which doesn't sound too bad to me. But yeah. that, that's the I feel like four bedrooms, two bathrooms. Yeah, could be like. it's 2.8, so people are putting a little bit of extra bathroom in there. Unlike the Obamas, who are putting a lot of extra bathroom Uh-oh. in there. Uh-oh. They've just bought a huge seafront property on Martha's Vineyard. Very, very nice in the United States. Um, largely on the, well, on, on the money they've got anyway, which is a lot of money, but also on the um, the deal they Will signed. Will they have his money just because he was president well he'll have his money because he's a president of course i think they're both lawyers so they'll have loads of money from that and uh, loads of money from uh, you know the politics over the years and that sort of thing right. but mostly for the book deals uh, oh yeah they, yeah they signed a 65 million dollar deal for a book each after their eight years in the white house so basically the money they had in the white house and then they came out and immediately signed a deal for their books which obviously they wouldn't I've got the deal if they hadn't been president and first, yeah. and first lady. So that's where the money's come from. Fair enough. But the house they've got, uh, it's a seven-bedroomed, nine-bathroomed house. Wow. So seven-bedroomed, <laughs> no nine-bathrooms. Although, though, if they bought the house, then they didn't control how many bathrooms were in it. No, you're probably right. Uh, although we don't know. Often these there's some rich guys bought two houses in Mayfair and he's installed a river that runs through the house. He's, you know, people do, they add it, yeah. and then they dig out the basement. Honestly, and, uh, the super rich will be the death of this world. Well, they will, and as the Obamas are amongst them. Yeah, so, but then again, you know, I also do think... Trump a decent kicking for things, I think it's only right that, you know... When yeah, they, yeah, no, 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 but... Um, Having nine bathrooms in your house versus putting children in internment camps. Not quite the same thing, I wouldn't say. Well, fair enough. Um, like, if you, I mean, just if you buy a house and it's a really nice house and it's got that many bathrooms, it's not really your fault. True. So we, we give a free pass to the Obamas I because mean, they yeah. are the Obamas. Not only because they're the Obamas. See, the more you read about uh, his record... No, I love them. As, uh, his record, as well, everybody loves them, and they are very lovable. I mean, now you've got Trump, you think, my God, wasn't... Bring the Obamas back. Wasn't Barack Obama articulate. But um, when you look at his record as president, not that great, didn't achieve that much. He didn't it? do tons and tons, but he was also fighting a bit of an uphill battle because America is so right-wing, like... Obama might have believed more in sort of social welfare systems and like he'd set up Obamacare but he might have believed in a completely free healthcare system and he also might have believed in completely banning guns but you don't know 
Mm. But I suppose when you look back at a president, it's it's what he achieved rather than what he believes. Mm. Um, and to, to some extent, I suppose the president is just a front man anyway. And at that, he was very, very good. But at the end of the day, nine bathrooms. <laughs> She pop song. Did she mm. do that one on the on the stage? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do we know anything about her at all? Where she's uh, yeah, from? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's from London, and um, there was an article about her in uh, Vogue saying like the London art, British artist you need to know. So I think she's probably gonna like get quite famous and whatever. But there's also like not much about her really. No. I'm pretty sure she's quite young. Mine this week. I, I'm sort of influenced by the various radio stations that I've worked at uh, over the years. And this is when I was working at Jazz FM and we used to play this um, more or less all the time. Ever feel this somehow, somewhere you lost your way That was Lady Day and John Coltrane by Gil Scott Heron. Have you heard of Gil Scott yeah. Heron? Did I we... almost did. I 
just thought we played Gil Scott Heron before. I, well, I asked you this yesterday, and I looked back through our uh, playlist, and I couldn't find... He did a thing, uh, probably it was most famous for, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. I think I might I have think played, played that. that. I think I played that. Well, this is a different one. This is It's Lady still Kate. good. You know what? We've been doing this for a long time, and we're running out of stuff, so... <laughs> well, uh, no, you're not running out of stuff, you see, because you've got new ones all the time. For yeah, me, yeah, true. Uh, but why don't you get into some new music? Well, then, because it destroys the... Uh, I mean, I do get into some new music, but it's mostly stuff that you've chosen. I yeah. thought, that sounds quite good, and put it on my Spotify playlist. So I do have four or five of your artists. I've got Let's Eat Grandma. I've got uh, First Aid Kit. Uh, I've got a couple of others. Of yeah, you, you like Billie Eilish as well. And Billie you? Eilish, yeah. So I, I am... Yeah, true. But the idea you need, of this... You need, what you need to do is go further back. You're going to have to go classical, Dad. Well, now it's interesting. I was thinking if I should have some classical on my Spotify playlist. Oh my god, so annoying! <laughs> like, honestly, and even every everyone else, everyone at home is getting annoyed with you. Mm. And not, I mean, when I say home, I don't mean our home. I mean at their homes, the people. The people, which people? The people who listen. All oh, right, my. Everyone, uh, that's what they say. People at home. Yeah, your mum isn't getting. Yeah, fed. I bet. She, oh well, she doesn't say she's. A saint, then? No, your mum, when we we went uh, away for the weekend to the uh, Peak District, and we had my playlist on there and back. No, I and know, she I know. I'm it. not saying oh, that I people. Like that no, that's not the. That's not what people are getting bored of. I'm not saying that I would get bored of your playlist or that I don't like it or that anyone else doesn't like your music tastes, but I don't like how often you speak about your Spotify playlist mm. and oh, my Spotify playlist. It's the mentioning of the playlist is that's the, the problem. Well, Gil Scott Heron uh, features on my Spotify playlist. He was born on April 1st, 1949, died May the 27th, 2011. Uh, Americans, yeah, he's no longer with us, I'm afraid. The exact cause of his death, unknown, currently unknown, it says here, which is it's, it's eight years, so it's going to remain unknown, although he had been battling a severe drug addiction and other health problems. Well, I wonder years. why he was then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder. And he was 62. It's about as obvious as um, whether Prince Andrew knew that Epstein guy. <laughs> yeah. He was 62 and he died uh, anyway. And uh, he was no, I mean, he was a poet, really. And I think we went through this last time, didn't yeah. we, as a spoken word performer? And I think last time you said, well, why didn't you play some of the spoken word stuff? And I said, well, because this is the music spot. And I think we might have had a, a fight afterwards, I think. And, a fight? Um, yeah, like a I think fight. we had a fist fight, didn't we, over it? It's a really good episode, that one. Yeah, it was a great episode. You, you know. I pulled a knife on that. <laughs> I remember that. Although we don't joke about knives. No, do we not? No. You're learning the limits of what we can actually do, some of the words that we can use and some of the... Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a See if you can spot where I say the word dweeb in this podcast because dweeb is not my usual go-to. It wasn't the word that she used, first of all. <laughs> but you said... Um... You said the P word, which I think is just as bad. No, the P word... The, well, I, I know the words that you can use and can't use, in certainly as far as broadcasts go. Yeah, yeah. Um, we could use anything on a podcast, but uh, we're, we're still in ACAST, we're on the family section, so it has to be family-friendly. But um, in the... Sunday Times Top 100, we're in conversations. We are in conversations, but that's not a category on uh, ACAST. Probably getting too technical now, aren't we, really, about categories and things. 
people aren't interested, really. I'll tell you what people are interested in. Very little in the way of emails again this week. So people are not interested. <laughs> so people are not interested. Well, it's interesting, because if you look back at... Uh, I look at the figures on ACAST and everything, because I'm, I'm managing this enterprise. So I look at the figures on ACAST. Yeah, I just sit here. I look at the figures on ACAST, and uh, in the early days, when we were getting not that many people downloading it, not that many listens, we got loads of emails. Mm. And the more the more listeners we're getting, and the more downloads we're getting, the fewer emails we're getting. So, so it's an enigma, Dad. But Hugh Besson loves us. Hugh Besson says, well done on the A-level results, Ruth. Thank you, Hugh. Uh, well done on the A-level oh, thank results. You. Thank you. And now you will never need them again. Yeah. Like, it's sorry, but it's true. A uh, lot of people say that. And he says, brilliant to hear Billy Joel and that Ruth uh, likes him too. Uh, he's a big, big fan. Billy Joel, he was CBS's biggest, biggest seller in the late 70s, outselling Simon and Garfunkel and Springsteen. Uh, interesting chat about social media, he said that we had. He says, I have just under a 1,000 followers on Twitter, so not bad um, for a civilian. He says, largely... It's way more than me. Yeah, largely Arsenal-related. Yeah, uh, it's true. If you... Um, I might just start pretending I'm, like, really into a football team because that's the way to get loads of followers, is being to a football team. Mm, that's true. He says, all those people we mentioned, Selena Gomez and all those people, with massive numbers of followers, are getting paid to post. Yeah. Uh, and the kids don't seem to mind. And he's come up with uh, with his own scheme to stop trolling and to stop people getting age-inappropriate stuff. But... It's looked very good to me, but it's not Dragon's Den, so I'm not uh, going to totally... I had a great idea for Dragon's Den the other oh, day. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So, you know when you've got your phone charger on your bedside table, mm-hmm. and it like falls off the bedside table all the time, and it slides down the back, or mine is from the side, so it just falls off the table, and then I have to like reach down, and I can't... Oh, it's so annoying, you know, when you unplug your phone yeah. from it. Really frustrating. So it would be like a small rubber thing that's got two suction bits on either side that you can just, um, like, swoop over the, the cable so it keeps the cable in place even when your phone isn't plugged into it. So you've invented rubber suckers, basically, which... <laughs> no, because, no, 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 because it's for that. Like, it, it's... Like it's a rubber sucker on one side and then it's got a little like rubber string thing that goes over the top and then a rubber sucker on the other side so then it keeps the cable in place on the table while you've not got your phone plugged into it because hmm. it I was just using rubber. a piece of sellotape for a while but the hmm. sellotape then you can't you can't take it off without peeling the sellotape off hmm. I think we all have ideas we what, how is that not a brilliant idea? It's not a brilliant idea because it's... uh, What? It's not a brilliant idea. That's gold. I'm out. Someone will have heard that and then they'll copyright it. (laughs) Let's talk a wee bit about how difficult it is to be a vegetarian or, in your case, a vegetarian who eats fish. I gather, I've it's a long time since I've been in a McDonald's, but I gather these days you sort of choose what you want on a screen. So you don't. That's know, brilliant. The screens are amazing. Are they? Love them. Yeah, right. So Anything you, that avoids having to speak to people is. Yeah, well, you, anyway, in my you choose eyes. what you want on, on a screen. And there's um, a video going rounds, which you've probably seen because it's gone viral. I actually viral. don't think I have. Oh, it's gone viral. And uh, it, in this video, a teenager. 
little bit like yourself, a teenager orders a single cheese slice from a McDonald's burger restaurant. This has gone viral, 2.4 million views. It's uh, somebody called Tallula, 14, from Hertfordshire. She used the machine that lets customers remove ingredients. Yes, so good. It's honestly revolutionised. Yeah, well, she removed everything she didn't want from a cheeseburger. And what she got was a piece of cheese in a box. She got the slice of cheese in a box. She removed everything. That's not about being vegetarian, that's just about being weird. It is about being weird, but it's about removing the meat because I presume she's a vegetarian. Yeah, but there's plenty of vegetarian options at McDonald's. Are there? What are there? There's like a spicy bean patty thing like a normal mm. veggie burger mm. they always have like a cheese bite option they do salads the, the then, cheese bite option the cheese bite option yeah, yeah yeah and then they do um if you eat fish they do like a fillet of fish which i would never have you and ne- before the screens i would never have got it because i couldn't trust enough that they would take the tartar sauce out, sauce out of it which i hate with like such no, passion. Well, you, hate, you hate any white sauce, don't you? Uh, you like anything, you don't anything, like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, anything that resembles mayonnaise or makes me think of mayonnaise. I just or hate anything it. Anything makes you think of mayonnaise. Yeah, so like, like a like a um, a bechamel sauce, like mm. eggs Benedict, could never eat that in a million no. years because it looks too much like mayonnaise. I could never eat eggs Benedict with bechamel sauce. Says privileged teenager. Like um, mac and cheese, couldn't eat that. No. Carbonara, nowhere. No. Have we, have we discussed what you're going to eat at uh, at uni when you're? Yeah, true. <laughs> I think I'll be okay though. I'm not like. I know I don't cook. Yeah. I think we. I think we began to discuss this and then went on to a very oh, long in depth. We've got a long in yeah. depth pizza. Cook, I can cook pasta. How do you feel about the bread at McDonald's? I hate it. Because sometimes I really enjoy it, and sometimes I'm like, this is awful, why would anyone eat this? I hate it. I mean, it's a long, long time since... Sweet, though. The bread's sweet. very sweet. Everything's sweet at McDonald's. No, some stuff is really salty, though. Like, the chips are super salty. Yeah, chips are salty. I think think the stuff in the burgers is really salty, and that's why they make the bread so sweet. Do you ever really fancy McDonald's, though? No, never ever. Because sometimes I, I really crave. I once the last time I had McDonald's, I think I got very, very drunk. You know, for me, very, very what? drunk. Uh, which was probably about I don't know five years ago or so. I got drunk and I was in Leeds. I hadn't eaten and I was in Leeds Station and I thought you're catching the last train and I did that. I tried to get one, but I always feel filthy afterwards. I hate it. Yeah, it feels really good while you're eating it. You know what I do think is majorly overrated: the the McDonald's breakfast. I think it's rubbish. Like, no, like the the pancakes are like dry, and there's not enough syrup on them. The the hash browns are good, so that's it. They should get rid of everything else and just have the hash browns. I got like a bagel once, and it was like really thin and just bread. It wasn't. You'd have been destroyed because it was not boiled <laughs> at all. I'd have been outraged. High time now, Ruth, for you to feel sorry for men. Never. Yeah, yeah this is the patriarchy. Now, uh, you've talked patriarchy. about... Patriarchy. The patriarchy, the patriarchy, it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, it does matter, I think. Yeah, patriarchy, patriarchy. Patriarchy. Well, it's one of these made-up new snowflakey words, so... It's not... The- 
patriarch. He's not a made-up snowflake. You were. Well, so nobody, nobody talks about the patriarchy. Yeah, because in the, in the because 70s people or the eighties. Yeah, because 90s. in the seventies and eighties, people didn't believe women were as human as men. I would say uh, patriarchy is a new invention, and I'm insisting on calling it patriarchy. No, no. Right? Okay, so the the coining of the phrase is new, mm. but same as the coining of the word racism was new because people just thought that that black people actually no, weren't equal. No, no, no. That's nonsense. That's true. People always use the word racism. They used to call it racialism, but it's the same. It's yeah, no, but same I, bet, thing. I bet they didn't in the the Victorian, like when slavery in the Victorian era or something. No, because they didn't. why? I, yeah, exactly. Well, so then they well, coined the word when when ar- they. This will shock you, but I wasn't around during no, slavery. No, you, you you've been alive forever, right? Slavery had finished by the time uh, I was. Born. No, slavery is still happening today. Yes, I know. I sometimes read about. It's uh, absolutely disgusting. It is. It? I read about music stars who've been tied into a contract <gasps> or footballers. No, you know, I can't remember which football it was. But one of them said, "Actual slavery." Yes, there is. But people, really, I recognise it as a problem. And I mean, uh, Theresa May, mm. for one, spoke a lot about modern-day slavery. slavery. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's just so sad because you'd think surely slavery would be a thing of the past. Well, you would think so. I'm going to talk about the patriarchy because it's not only women who are affected by the patriarchy. Yes. According to the actor Chris O'Dowd, Mm-hmm. So he's an actor, so he should know. He says uh, one part of the conversation about the changing state of man is that we have not yet fully talked about how damaging the patriarchy or patriarchy has been to men. The truth is we haven't benefited necessarily from thinking that we are the providers. We've benefited hugely in other ways, but by thinking we are there to protect, not to feel, and to be aggressive, all those things that have beaten into us, or certainly me, so he's obviously suffered in that respect, well, that hasn't been healthy. Modern men mostly feel a lot of guilt for the fact we're men, even if most of the time I feel we haven't done anything wrong. But I'm a man, white, middle class, so I must have done something wrong. Being part of the patriarchy, or do you know, I'm getting to think it's patriarchy. Yeah, I know, because it is. (laughs) It is patriarchy. It's paternity, but it's patriarchy. Yes. It's not paternity. Do you see how that sounds wrong? But it's patronising. It's not patronising. The Americans would say patronising. Yeah, but 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 maybe the the word was coined in America. Yes, I think what it is is But it's still the right pronunciation. The Americans go on all the time, ah, the patriarchy, it's the patriarchy, Uh, which means that that's why it's now pronounced patriarchy but that is how you pronounce it it's rather like people now patriarchy say, sounds weird yeah i think you might be right all right then so he's saying but i'm a man so now we've got to go back and redo all <laughs> but i'm a man white middle class so i must have done something wrong being part of the patriarchy is a double-edged sword so let's have a bit of sympathy from you for us uh, poor men who are no i und- i understand what you're saying and i completely agree but it's also the thing of like men under 45 have the highest suicide rates because they feel they can't talk about their feelings and also when we talk about feminism it's important to remember that it's not about females it's about femininity which is always seen as a bad thing and that's like men can't cry because that's like a girly thing to do men shouldn't like look after their mental health or or, um, seek doctors or therapy because those are all like girly things to do and so it's about breaking down that and saying that femininity is okay in the same way but I also think it's really important when we're talking about women's issues not to get into this thing of oh it helps men too it helps men too because 
men need to kind of do that and I think I get frustrated when there's always an argument when we talk about feminism where it has to be justified about why it would help men when the the real question should just be this helps women so get on board Just before we do the meme, uh, can we uh, talk a little bit about Taylor Swift? You're a big fan, Always. are you not? Yeah. Uh, she's not met... of her more modern stuff, to be honest. I like her old stuff. Back, like, went back when I was, like, about 12. Yeah, because she Love started off as a country singer, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Country, country music, and then she was sort of crossover artist. Now um, she's very poppy. Very poppy. She loves, uh, she loves us, the English. The English. Oh, she I thought you meant our podcast. I was like, really? Because I'm not sure she's she's not said anything yet. She's ah. quite, she's absolutely totally quiet on the subject of our podcast. But she does love the English. She's going out with uh, with a boy from uh, London, Joe Alwyn, who's a London-born actor. Uh, she's always going out with someone. Yeah, but she was she's been out with the two or three famous. She uh, went out with Harry Styles Harry for a while. Styles for a while. Um, anyway, she's written a song about him called London Boy. Yeah, she always writes a song about everyone. It's brilliant. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know the lyrics of uh, London no, Boy? No, I haven't listened to it, actually. Darling, I fancy you. Took me back to Highgate. Met all of his best mates. So I guess all the rumours are true. You know, I love a London boy. Boy, I fancy you. Ooh. And now I love high tea. Stories from uni and the West End. You can find me in the pub. We are watching rugby with his school friends. It's just so... Show me a grey sky, a rainy cab ride. Babe, don't threaten me with a good time. They say home is where the heart is, but God, I love the English. So here she is with this uh, fairly upmarket, I mean, Highgate. If you want to buy a, a small pokey flat in Highgate, that's a couple of million. Um, wow. No problem. I bet um, this um, boy that she's going out with is not exactly from sort of the east end there. not at all um highgate watching rugby and by rugby she means rugby union obviously ruggers ruggers in the pubbers yeah is, is his... rugby union posh yes ah. well it is in in some parts in cornwall it isn't cornwall it's a bit of a working class game in uh, gloucestershire say, le- rugby bit... league is the only one i've ever watched and been to yes. and all that kind of stuff rugby league is true working class sport that's um, the one with six tackles yes that's Rugby Union, there's too many of them. Yes, you like, might be... There's like 20 people on there. Uh, 15 each side. There's like 40 people then. They're like 15 plus 15 is 30. But anyway... Did you, have you ever heard the thing that's like, I cannot remember where I read this, but basically, you know when Jesus said, uh, I was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights... So in the Bible, they often use the the uh, forty for uh-huh. different amounts and whatever. And um, it's like forty pieces of silver is that in the Bible? I don't, even, I don't even know, but they use it a lot. And basically, when the Bible has been written, you know when we say what's uh, I'm trying to think of one. What's you know when we say in a quantity, but it's not an actual quantity. Oh, upteen. Yeah, upteen, something like that. Um, or one of millions those, or loads. Yeah, loads, lots, whatever. One of those things. Forty was a, w- a way that they would say that. Right. So you probably didn't actually go to the desert for forty years and forty days. It might be twenty nights or yeah. or thirteen or whatever. He just that's just a way of being like, oh, I was there for ages. Yes, Kevin Bridges. <laughs> like forty is not an actual quantity, yeah. and I always think that's really funny. You know, my one of my favourite comedians, Kevin Bridges, mentioned him. He does uh, a great thing, <clears throat> excuse me, about the Bible. When Mary says to 
uh, Joseph that she's pregnant with God's child. Joseph is reported in the Bible, which is of course reporting what happened, as being quite calm about it and very even-handed about it. Uh, at no point, says uh, Kevin Bridges, at no point is that, does the Bible mention him shouting, swearing and thumping the wall. He said no plasterers in Bethlehem got any work out of that uh, particular announcement. He said it's all reported like that in the Bible. He says, but what's missing from the report in the Bible is when Joseph, who's a carpenter, says to the other guys on the building site that Mary's pregnant. And they say, oh, brilliant, fantastic, good work. And then he says, but it's not mine. It's God's, she tells me. He would like to hear, the, he would like to have the, the Bible to have reported the reaction of the other guys on the building site. Ruthie, do you have a meme for us? Yes. Whenever I feel bad about having a weird name, I remind myself that C.S. Lewis's middle name was Staples. When I was a kid, one of my family members quoted the first line of Dawn Treader. There was a boy named Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. And I said, brave words from a man whose name was Clive Staples Lewis. <laughs> I never knew somebody, is that his middle name? Yeah, it Staples? must be. I mean, I don't, should I double check it now? Double check it. I did not fact check that, um, but I hope to God it's Staples. Yeah, Clive Staples Lewis. Amazing. Just yeah, yeah, and then he named one of his characters Eustace Clarence Scrub, and the whole thing is, oh, how what a yeah, ridiculous yeah. name and stuff. So he's called Staples. See, that's interesting. And Clive is not a great yeah. name either. Sorry, pe- Clive's. Mm. People, um, well, I had a friend called Clive at school, Clive Sutton, but people. People are. Uh, stories from the 60s when people say names they always sound fake mm. like i've never heard anyone tell a story from like the 60s and their schoolmates or whatever and them sound real names Do you know i think have you heard bob martimer's stories on would i lie to you oh yeah yeah he, he yeah does. his mates are called like harry harryman and steve by the way <laughs> 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 and um, what's his name lee mack is like by the way, like, incidentally. Is that, yeah, Steve, by the way? Yeah, I know they are hilarious. And I think if you if you write a novel, or if you try and write fiction, one of the hardest things... I mean, a lot of authors used to go around graveyards and pick up yeah. sort of names of people who died from that... Yeah, Songs really, as well. People who've uh, died in that sort of era mm. that they would have been alive then. And uh, it must be so difficult. Like you say, you write a name, and it's a genuine name, and it sounds completely fake. If you uh, want to get in touch with us and uh, contribute to our dwindling supply of uh, emails, uh, we'd love to hear from you, wouldn't we? Yeah. You can, yeah, you can get Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, did you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, so, if you would like to get in touch with us, then you can email at martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. That's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. I'll do it one more time because Dad really wants it to be in threes for some reason. No, I'll do it the third time. Oh, you want to yeah, do it the third uh, time. Things, the rule of three. The rule of three, you know about that. Yeah, yeah. martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to go listen to the podcast, it's very easy. You can go on Spotify and listen to it and then go straight over to the playlist to listen to the songs in full and type in Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.